This is the Practical Homeopathy Podcast, episode number 112. Joe at Calabrese here, folks. I'm happy that you joined me for my podcast today. You're in for a treat. From my virtual classroom, I'm privileged to see how homeopathy is transforming lives all over the globe. Their successes inspire me. They're glorious and powerful, and I can't keep their triumphs a secret. I want you to hear the excitement my students experience too, so you can be inspired by the unique stories. So with the help from Kate, my reporter, I bring you a podcast series I call Moms with Moxie. Sometimes we even interview dads with audacity or teens with tenacity. See how regular mothers and others, average folks who love healing those around them, have gone from freaking to fabulous by simply applying what they've learned using what I call practical homeopathy. to the Practical Homeopathy Podcast. And with me today is a dear friend of mine. Welcome, Tracy. Oh, thank you, Kate. It's nice to be with you. Oh, thank you. Um, so if, for those of you who want to get to know more about Tracy, go to Podcast 87 and you can hear her story. But today we're going to be talking about something that's near and dear to our hearts. Tracy and I work together, but not only do we work together, we <laughs> share a very special bond that was created because of our moms. And Tracy, you and I, we live far apart from each other, many, yes. many states apart. But Tracy, even though we've never met in person, I can honestly say that you're one of the few people that gets me. <laughs> oh, I feel the same way. Oh. You would have been a lifeline for me more yeah. often than not. So like seriously, you. like tears are welling up in my eyes as I say that because you're just so dear to me. And I know that you're always there to listen, you know, when we're struggling. I'll explain to you why that is in just a minute. But to give you a little background, our mothers both had a stroke several weeks apart, a little over two years ago. Crazy, right, Tracy? <laughs> it, it, it was incredible, Kate, because one moment you were keeping me afloat by sending me your care and concern and lifting me up. And then a few weeks later, you were in the same boat. It just, it was surreal. It was yeah. surreal. Right. I mean, that whole time seems surreal in my life. It still kind of does in a way, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are we living in a dream? Life has been extremely interesting um, over the last two years. And I know you feel the same way you're nodding your head right now. That's that's one way to put it. It's extremely <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. To me, this whole thing has made me aware that to live each day to its fullest, because you never know when your life is going to change. You know, it, it's, it's gut-wrenching and I, I don't even know how to put it into words, how it, it almost makes it feel like life is fragile. And that's, I don't mean that to sound pessimistic. We should be grateful for every day that's going smoothly and well, but things can change in the blink of an eye. So we mm -hmm. have to be appreciative. Right. And for both of us and our moms, I know that that has been the road. It's been a road of change mm -hmm. daily, just trying to navigate this. But yes. in case you haven't noticed by now, Tracy and I are going to spend some time talking about what it's like to walk along this road with our moms and to navigate their care. So we're going to spend this podcast talking about some remedies that have been helpful for us and just some tips about walking down this road in 
a way that is honoring to our moms and in a way that hopefully is helpful to them physically. I thought we could start off by giving everyone a sneak peek into our days with our moms, Mm -hmm. what that's like, and just to help people to understand what that looks like. So when we talk about the homeopathic medicines, you'll have a little bit of a picture as to what's going on. So Tracy, go ahead and yeah, Tracy, go ahead and share with us. Um, Well, mom lives with us now after the stroke, it became necessary. Um, she, let me back up a little bit and just say that her stroke occurred in her visual cortex. So it was, she could still speak, she could still walk, but she was um, basically blind on one side of her body. So from her nose all the way over to the left, she could not see. Um, since the stroke that has reduced into just a small blind spot, but it's not a blind spot she's aware of. Her brain fills it in, but it doesn't fill it in with accurate information always. So sometimes a dog will suddenly appear and she'll say, where did the dog come from? And it's just, he's been in your blind spot until you get to the right place and then you're able to see him, you know? Wow. So it, it makes navigation difficult. Um, I think it affects her confidence level just because she's uncertain of what she's seeing. So that that was difficult. And that same region that was affected was also what I had never heard this word before. And it's a brilliant word. It affected her sequencing. And I never appreciated what a big thing sequencing is. It's if I tell you, Kate, hey, it's time to go to bed, you know, to go brush your teeth, to put on your pajamas, to pull down your bed covers, to do all of that. Well, that sequencing is gone. So we operate, getting back to your day-to-day questions, we operate on lists. So there's a getting up in the morning list, comb your hair, brush your teeth, put on your socks and shoes, um, just all these different things that have to be done in a sequence to help her along. In the morning, she's usually pretty good. She can get together her breakfast, which is the same thing every day. And then as we go through the day, uh, a typical day includes a shower. Um, She doesn't do that on her own. So I'm in the shower with her, helping her sequence through the steps. Crossword puzzles are a big part of her day. It's no longer really working the puzzle. It's flipping back and finding the answer and filling it in, but it's cute and it (laughs) takes her time. And um, she is starting to do jigsaw puzzles. And I found this company that has amazing jigsaw puzzles specifically for people who have cognitive decline. And it doesn't say that anywhere on the box, so they don't know, but the puzzles are easier and the pieces are cut in a way that are designed to be helpful. So she'll do those. Tracy, Um, I didn't even know that existed. My mom likes to do puzzles too on occasion. And so you'll have to fill me in after the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I suppose I could say it now. And um, yes, it's the company is called Relish, R-E-L-I-S-H. And when you go to their website, they have different, uh, you take a little test with things that are going on for the person and they'll tell you what stage they suggest. And then they have different stages for different puzzles, excuse me, for different stages. So I'm thrilled with them Mm. uh, because now she can finally do puzzles again, jigsaw puzzles. And um, uh, we exercise. So mom does Pilates twice a week over Zoom. And I uh, assist her with that because she can't, you know, it needs to be a little hands-on and somebody supporting her. I prepare the meals, keep her entertained, keep her on track. And that's, it's just kind of a constant thing. Bathroom duties require assistance. So I'm just kind of 
for Girl Friday. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I don't know about what is you. your day. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you just said there, it makes me think about how do you feel this way too, that you're on a heightened sense of alertness? Oh, yes. Yes. Like you, you're yes, always, yes. You're always watching and listening for the littlest indication that something is wrong or they're confused or pain or whatever. It's just a, a constant. Um, yes. What, what it was, what is the word I'm looking for? High alert. That's yeah. what I call, I am on, I am on high alert all the time. Mm-hmm. It feels like the stress of an air traffic controller all day, every day, and mm-hmm. barely get away from it at night because I feel responsible. And if any little thing happened, I'd never forgive myself. So you're right. I'm always listening. I'm always trying to read in the between the signs. lines. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our day is a little bit different because my mom is actually in a group home My mom's stroke affected her a little bit differently than your mom's in that my mom was laying out actually outside in 30 degree weather on cement with a car running right next to her for an hour before they found her. And so she had her stroke. She fell down, was laying there. They, her neighbor thankfully found her. They called the paramedics, got her to the hospital, but it was six hours before they actually removed the blood clot from her brain. And so half of her brain was without oxygen for that long and and her body temperature was extremely low. It took several days for it to come back up to normal temperature. I I think that was a positive thing in a way because it slowed her blood flow down and it probably saved, I don't know, because really it was a difficult surgery, I guess, to remove the clot. They tried three times. And so after the surgery, then she was on a ventilator. And then it was every moment was like, well, is she going to come off the vent? Is she going to now be able to, you know, open her eyes and sit up is every, I remember every day thinking, okay, what's the next thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And so my mom is still, she's in a wheelchair. She's for the most part, she's paralyzed on the right side of her body. She has aphasia and apraxia. So that means she has problems with speech and she also has problems with sequencing things. Kind of like you said, where um, if you, like she would know that she wants to pick up a paper, but then to get her brain to tell her hand to do it in her hand to actually pick up the paper, it doesn't always Mm -hmm. communicate effectively. So her speech is, she's come a long way in two years, but she still is, I would say for the most part, nonverbal, you know, she can Mm -hmm. say things, but it doesn't always come out the right way. I've learned the yes, that means no. And the yes, that means yes. <laughs> oh, I understand. You know? that. <laughs> so that's where we're talking about always being on high alert. Um, mm-hmm. So our days are a little different. I usually go there in the mornings. I help them with anything that she needs done. We usually have some sort of appointment, whether it's a virtual speech therapy or in-person speech therapy, doctor's appointments, exercise, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, because she's still making progress from that you know, a uh, stroke two years ago. So she's continuing improving, even though it's small improvements that she's making at this mm-hmm. point, I will be with her about four to five hours a day, something mm-hmm. like that. And I do work at her place while she's watching TV or eating lunch or whatever. So just to be there to monitor her, I guess, because it seems like there's always a need that she has. There's been right. a lot of health things that have come along the way and a lot of pain and communication, like I said, is hard. So just having someone there to read when she is in pain, because I know you feel this way too, Tracy, right? We're connected to our moms. Like I, I almost feel right. like I can, 
I'm a mind reader, <laughs> you know, like we can communicate without saying a word. I can look at her face and know instantly if she's in pain or what's going on. And that's an interesting thing you bring up, Kate. And I, I'd be more interested to hear more about that is how do you use observation to figure out what she's trying to communicate in camp? Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of homeopathy, right? Is observing. Right. And that is the only thing I have. It's like, When you have a newborn uh, that can't talk yet, you know, a baby and you're going to use homeopathy, all you have is observation. And and that is so critical. We should rely upon that more (laughs) with people. But I think we kind of skip over that and ask the questions instead of observing first. That is very true, because I think sometimes when I talk to my husband about what he's experiencing to try to narrow down a remedy for him. I'd probably be better off observing because sometimes he can't verbalize which kind of pain it is. Is it uh, sharp or better for motion, worse for motion, you know? So Mm -hmm. sometimes observation is, you're so right. We should use it more with everyone. Yeah. We've kind of shared a little bit about our days and let's talk now about the medicines that we've been using with our moms and sure. different situations where we found these medicines useful. If you, if you don't mind, I'll let you talk a little bit about sure. some things that have been important to you. Because I'm dealing with cognitive issues that were triggered by the stroke, but being honest, were also occurring before the stroke. So there has been a cognitive decline. And just for the listener's sake, my mom is a lot older than Kate's mom. My mom is uh, about to turn 98. So, you know, with age comes these issues. I found on Joette's site, she has an amazing resource called Best Remedies for Seniors, and you can find it in the free resource area. And hopefully there'll be a link to it in the podcast. But one of the first remedies that I started using with mom is Helleborus Niger 30, twice daily. And that was to slow the progression of the cognitive decline. And I think it has really worked. It's hard to know because she's been doing that for a couple of years. Where would she have been had I not been doing it? You know, it seems like it's kind of kept it at a fairly steady pace. Mm -hmm. Recently, I noticed some more decline occurring. And so I did some more reading. And also in that article I just mentioned is Anacardium 200 once every two or three days. And I added that to her regimen and that made a huge difference. So I'm really pleased with how that's working. Originally, I was using it every three days and I could kind of see an ebb and flow of her cognitive ability. So I noticed that it was kind of too much of an ebb and flow. So I narrowed the dosages to every two days instead of every three days. And that's the ticket. It's really helped a lot. Tracy, before we go on, I think it would be helpful for people to understand a little bit more about the anacardium. So give us a picture of that remedy and why you used it. First of all, it was introduced also in Joette's mindful homeopathy course as something for dementia. So that course is tremendous if you're dealing with any of these kind of things with a parent. But looking at a online Materia Medica, it's senile dementia, impaired memory, reduction of senses of smell, sight, hearing, absent-mindedness, kind of a brain fog. That's really the, the basic picture. Just basically senile dementia. And it's, it's made such a difference. I just can't express. Yeah. It also says um, in Robin Murphy's Alzheimer's disease, which is interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. 
So those remedies, you've seen a big change with your mom. Yes. With uh, the Helleborus, I feel like it kept her from progressing more rapidly into the descent. Uh, So descending more rapidly, I probably should say. And with the anacardium, I really saw it pick her up. The other remedy that is fascinating because I stumbled on it by accident was mom had somewhat of... um, of some bloating and gas. And so I tried lycopodium. It worked for the bloating and the gas, of course. And the next day she was more alert. So I did some reading on the lycopodium and discovered that it also helps with diseases of the mind. Um, People that are extremely sensitive, headstrong and kind of obstinate when sick, that was a big one, Uh, a loss of self-confidence, failing brain power. It just had all of these things that I hadn't even realized it had. And I discovered it by accident. So about every, I would say probably once a week, once every two weeks, when it seems like she just needs a little pick me up, I'll give her the lycopodium and it works for the brain issues as well. That's great. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's Mm -hmm. wonderful in homeopathy when you find that medicine you know, you, you had a little clue, right? And that was the gas and the bloating. Mm-hmm. And you use that clue to choose a remedy. And that remedy has fixed more than that one issue, which I love that about homeopathy. <laughs> I really love that too. And it it was so inspirational because I realized that I don't really haven't prescribed to classical homeopathy. So I've never gotten a constitutional remedy or what they do. But it just feels like this encompasses so many things about mom's personality and what she's going through that this might be her constitutional, you know, Mm -hmm. at least it is in my mind. Like you never catch me without Nux Vomica. And (laughs) (laughs) that's because you're overworked, Tracy. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yes, you are right. (laughs) I think uh, this leads us to another medicine that you can talk about a little bit, but we're probably both living on Nux Vomica for Mm -hmm. just, I know we're both up late burning the candle at both ends, just constantly on high alert. Like we talked about uh, Mm -hmm. exhausted all the time. So Nux Vomica 200 has, it's been extremely useful for me. And then what's the other one, Tracy, that we always use? Ignatia, Ignatia, (laughs) Ignatia. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us why. Just for the the emotional upheaval that this causes. I mean, we wouldn't, you and I wouldn't be any other place than by our mother's side. So this is where we want to be, Absolutely, but it's hard and it can cause sadness. There's a lot of things that have to fall by the wayside because of what we're doing. And it's sad. There's a grief to it. There's an emotional component to it. And really you and I text to each other, Ignatia, Ignatia, Ignatia quite often. So (laughs) right it really makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. It's very helpful. So for those of you who are caring for any age person who's going through a difficult time and you're the caretaker, Ignatia is probably a great one to have. And I would add aconite as well. And then the Nux Vomica, of course, because aconite for shock, there have been so many times where we've had to transport my mom to the ER because of extreme pain that she's having. And something interesting happens to my mom where I don't know, we're not hundred percent certain if it's a seizure, but she just kind of, when she has extreme pain, she shuts down, like her whole body shuts down. She leans forward and you can't talk to her. There's just no communication. And then we're left guessing, like what is going on with her? So aconite and Arnica have been 
my lifesavers as far as remedies to use for my mom and then myself as well. So when my mom gets in those states where she just isn't communicating, she's shut down, something's going on. The first thing that I do is Arnica 200. And that seems to bring her out of it most of the time, which has been amazing. My mom, just like your mom, has a team of doctors, you know, from seizure doctors or regular doctor, speech therapists, all kinds of doctors, (laughs) doctor, doctor, doctor. (laughs) And I'm not a person who goes to the doctor very often, but I know that my mom is. And so I respect her wishes, but I love, this is something I wanted to share with everyone. I love our team of doctors. All of our doctors are more than happy for us to use homeopathy. I've talked to them about it. They encourage it. My mom's main general practice doctor who actually specializes in geriatrics, she will actually write it down. When my mom was in a nursing home, she would write down, give Dorothy this homeopathic medicine two times a day because otherwise they wouldn't administer it. Right. They have to have brilliant. Mm -hmm. And so I want to encourage you that I think it's possible to find doctors that are supportive of alternative therapies, because I think a lot of them now are coming to realize that they don't want to just add another drug, another drug, another drug, you know, that absolutely that we need to have other tools. And so I think, forgive me for interrupting, but I think a lot of us feel like we can't say no to doctors. And that's something that Joette has really bolstered us on, that this is our health care. We can control it. And I've kind of always been that way. And so I agree with you. I've done the same thing. If a doctor does not want to listen to me about alternative or adjunct medicine, then they're not my doctor. And I leave and go to another doctor. Exactly. And I've switched doctors. We, mom had a cardiologist that I did not like. And we switched cardiologists and I love the new one. And Mm -hmm. our general practitioner, love him. Yeah. So don't, don't take no for an answer. Find Mm -hmm. another doctor. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There are people out there, I think that will listen and will be supportive. Even pharmacists, I know we've talked about this on another podcast, but pharmacists are your friends. You know, they are a great resource. (laughs) Joette likes to say, bake them brownies, bring them treats, you know, call them later when they're not so busy, pick their brains. And I'm thankful to have several pharmacists who I consider to be my friends. And they're who I rely on when a doctor does suggest a medicine. I call them up and I say, what do you know about this? I look it up first, of course, (laughs) Mm -hmm, but then I call mm -hmm. them and I say, what do you know about this? And have you seen this to be successful? Because the pharmacists really, they're the ones that are prescribing the medications. They have the monthly face-to-face, you know, with their customers and they really know, I think what's going on with these medications. And so have a pharmacist that's on your team as well. And don't be afraid to talk to them about Mm -hmm. medications. And as we're navigating this, Tracy, I know you and I are in the same boat where we use homeopathy and we use Mm -hmm. other therapies and we use allopathic Mm -hmm. medicine. And so we're trying to navigate this with our moms. And I feel like we're doing a great job, Tracy. I feel like we are too. I think we deserve a round of applause for each other. (laughs) (laughs) I want to encourage those people who are listening that it can be done. Joette likes to talk about getting a diagnosis. And I think that is important. Like with my mom, she's not verbal. I can't tell her she had another stroke. Is she just Mm -hmm. in pain? Is it one time it was a kidney stone that we were dealing with? So a lot of things, you know, come up like she's dealt with UTIs, constipation. There goes that Nux Vomica again, although it's Mm -hmm. in a 30 that you use for the constipation. 
Speaking of that, there's a good blog and it's called Role Reversal, Taking Care of the Elderly. Yes, that's a very good one. Yeah. That talks about the UTIs, pneumonia and constipation and some other Mm -hmm. things. So if Mm -hmm. you want a good resource, that's a great one to look up. Just last night, my mom had all of a sudden a big rash pop up on her arm. I used Apis, three doses, about 15 to 30 minutes apart, and it took care of the rash. The rash went away overnight, but the itching had stopped by the second dose. She was feeling better and not totally. So then I gave her the third dose. I went home for the night. I came back in the morning and the rash was gone. That's Um, amazing. Yeah. The same thing happened with something on her leg where all of a sudden she had a big red swollen hot spot on her leg. I don't know. Was it a spider that bit her or cellulitis? Did it rub up against a brace she was wearing? I'm not sure, but that took us a longer time to figure out. We use several different homeopathic medicines for that. But my point is that we're always dealing with something with our moms, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, and constantly having to research the appropriate medicines and talk to the pharmacist, talk to our doctors and try to get an idea of what the picture is that we're dealing with and then choose the right medicine. Exactly. And uh, I'm at least lucky because I can talk to my mom to find out if she's improving if she's reached very much better, you know, I feel for you and having to observe all this strictly yourself, at least mom is verbal and can talk to me. The coolest thing is mom actually used to go to a homeopath when she was a little girl. Wow. Yeah. So she said, instead of going to the doctor, her mom would take her down the street to a homeopath. So she was used to this and had just kind of forgotten about it over the years. So she has no problem taking the remedies and, and believes in them. So that's great for me. Well, that's the opposite for me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, thankfully, again, our doctors are wonderful and they will write things down for the facility to administer to her. So it's funny because she will have no problem taking the remedies (laughs) when they give them to her. But sometimes when I want to give her an additional one for something special, sometimes she fights me on it and doesn't want it. And I have to respect her wishes. And when I ask her how she's feeling, she can get upset, like, leave me alone. I don't want to talk about it. You know, she doesn't say those words, but she gets very grouchy and she starts shaking her head. And I know I have to stop pushing her. So it is very difficult to determine how those medicines are working or not working. I sometimes I don't know. I can only judge by if she seems to be in pain or not. But that leads me to something that I did want to talk about. And I know the Banerjee's I've heard Joette say when there are clients who are really, um, have an issue with finances, they will combine some of the medications in one bottle and the person will take all the medications at one time as a combination. And that's not optimal, but to be honest, that's what I do with my mom twice a day because I know she'll get them in that way. So I have about six things that she's taking daily and they just put them all in one little bowl and my mom just eats them up. And that's Mm -hmm. the way we have to do it. How do you administer? I've done that too. I would like to be able to separate it. And it seems easy in theory, but it's not always easy in practice um, or I'd be constantly putting something else under her tongue. And right now, a big thing is trying to keep her hydrated. So I want to make sure she's drinking water throughout the day. And sometimes it's easier to just give her things together. The one thing, the uh, Helleborus Niger that I was using originally, the recommendation was in liquid form. And so I was using that, but that got a little difficult. So I 
actually got the pills and the pills seem to be working just as well. So I think sometimes, even if it's not the optimal way you want to be doing it, just doing it at all is a rescue. Mm -hmm. Exactly. There was something else I wanted to bring up, Tracy, that I did this past year that seems to have worked. What's that, Kate? (laughs) Do share. Do share. (laughs) I need all the help I can get. (laughs) Well, um, I was using Dr. Dale's All Flu, and I know Joette's mentioned that on another podcast Mm -hmm. for the flu season. If you come down with a flu, that can be an option. That's a combination medicine. So it has a number of different homeopathic remedies for influenza in that medicine. But I gave it to my mom once a week throughout this past virus season. And she has not in two years since her stroke, she's not come down with any virus. I'm um, knocking on wood as you say that. (laughs) Right. I know. So I'm thankful. Was it that, or did she just not come into contact with anything? I don't know. There Mm -hmm. have been sick people around her. What's interesting is that all the other residents on her floor that granted it's only three, but they've all tested positive for a virus this past year. And Mm -hmm. my mom never did. She never got sick. She never tested positive. That's amazing. Yeah. That's that's a great testimony. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. So Tracy, what other tips do you have for those people who might be listening to this podcast who are caretakers? I think you said it earlier that, that it's doable. We can do this and just remember that and to take care of ourselves. Everybody says that and we all nod and say, yeah, that's right. And then we don't do it because it just seems like there's not enough time in the day. But that's where homeopathy has come in for me because I honestly don't think I'd be standing upright if it weren't for Nux Vomica and Ignatia. They've really bolstered me. And just the anxiety that Ignatia has helped defray has been amazing. So you can do this. If you have a parent that something happens to you can do it. You can do it better than anyone else can. Like you said, because you and I have a bond with our mothers, we can kind of read minds. This is doable, especially with homeopathy. You said it, Tracy. Yeah, I, <laughs> I agree. I couldn't have done this without homeopathy for sure. So I'm grateful for the tools that we have. So thank you for sharing all your tips for caretaking with us, Tracy. And thank you for sharing yours too, because I always learn from you. So that's kind of awesome. Yeah. Find a partner that's in this with you that can support you and you can bounce things off of. If you're not in a study group, that's a great way to find someone to share these things with. I've just made the most amazing friends in the study groups. As you might've heard a couple of podcasts ago, we had some, some of our study group friends on there and it's just, that was one of my favorite podcasts. That was just so uh, inspiring. Yeah, (laughs) it was great. Yeah. And you're so right. Having somebody to bounce ideas off of is perfect. And listen, at our age, this is starting to happen to all of our friends. Everyone's going to be dealing with this. So we all need to support each other. Right. Exactly. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Kate. As I hope you know by now, on my blog, podcasts, and Facebook Live, I offer as many protocols for simple conditions as I can for free without affiliates or advertising. But let me be clear when it comes to more complex conditions, it's key 
that you learn how to use these medicines properly. I want you to be well-trained. So I save discussions of the more involved methods for my courses in which I walk students through each method with step-by-step training. In these podcasts, I focus on those students of mine who have already tunneled in and learned how to take care of themselves, family, friends, and pets, and even livestock using homeopathic medicine. Many of these students began their education by participating in one of my gateway to homeopathy study groups. And now, after taking one or more of my courses, they're well-trained to use my specific brand of homeopathy. I hope listening to this podcast has inspired you to follow in their footsteps. With the proper training, you too can nurture and protect the health of your family and loved ones with practical homeopathy. You just listened to a podcast from practicalhomeopathy.com, where nationally certified homeopath, public speaker, and author Joette Calabrese shares her passion for helping families stay strong through homeopathy. Joette's podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Blueberry, Pandora, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening to this podcast with Joette Calabrese. To learn more and find out if homeopathy is a good fit for your health strategy, visit practicalhomeopathy.com.